Now, full disclosure, there is the Pride Festival uh-huh. happening on this street. <laughs> um, and it's loud and the doors are closed, but it's loud. Why don't you loud stick proud. your head out the window and say, Shut up, gays! I don't think I should do that. Okay. Um, it's a very... Mm, no, I don't think it's the right right area for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No I'm really in the gay gay center of Melbourne. You are. You, know? you are. Like, you literally. Are right in it, yeah. I won't say where I am. No. Actually, I've kind of given it away. Well, oh. I mean, not really. Well. Not your, if you know, not you your know. house number. <laughs> yeah, true. But, yeah, I'm, you're, I'm right you're in the thick of it. You're dead in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm dead in the middle of it. I went went down this morning and um, this afternoon had a little had a little walk through mm-hmm. uh, just to support the gays, you know. Yeah, well, that's bought, good. Bought, bought a hot dog. Yeah. So you know, I'm an ally now. Did you mention that to any like women that you saw on the street? Just be like, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm cool with all this." Yeah, uh, everyone, every um, everyone that I saw <laughs> was like, <laughs> "You know, I think it's great." I think it, I really do. I think it's great. I may not agree with everything <laughs> about the lifestyle, but yeah. you know, I think it's important to support you know the minorities. Would I do it? Well, God no, absolutely not. But um, it's disgusting. Can they do it? Sure, legally they can. Legally, and we've had that conversation, and it's been legally settled. Legally, you can be gay, and that's what I am standing. That's what you for support today yeah. with the hot dog. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only penis shaped foods at the Pride Festival. It really was. It really was. Um, yeah, so that's why I kept you waiting. So sorry about that because I couldn't. I, there's literally no parks out the front of my house either. Yeah, so. I, I can imagine that. It's all right. It was only forty five minutes later than we said we'd start, so uh, that's fine. Yeah, that's a. They call that a a Spanish. That's early in Spain. <laughs> that's a that's a Spanish what? Come on. A Spanish... Um, Spanish omelette. Spanish hello. <laughs> Spanish hello is 45 Spanish minutes later. Ar- Spanish arrival. <laughs> it's the opposite of a French exit. Yeah. How are you doing? Are you doing well? Fantastic. Fantastic. Little hungover. Okay. Um, but, you know, all in all, pretty good. You know, I've got my health. Uh, I've got my... I've got my... my. I was going to say, I have my hair, but I kind of losing the color of it well every you know, day. it's still there though isn't it you it's can, physically you can get there. them on a technicality i have my hair is I it the hair, hair that it used to be of course not would much rather be completely gray at a young age than bald you know oh 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. i i've not got a a head for a, a bald I, I can't my baldness would not look good on me you doing it I'm, I'm sticking my fingers in front of the screen, trying to imagine it. It's more from the side and the back. I've okay, got turn kind your head of like sideways. A, this is my least favorite thing to do. You know what? I don't think it would be that bad. I'm not one to give you compliments willy-nilly. I don't think, no. actually, that it would be that bad. I think you could pull off bald or, you know, trim, trim cut. Okay. Well, I've had a shaved, I've had a shaved, like a number three all over before. And I just come out but looking that's like... almost, that's almost the worst of all worlds, isn't it? It's like, I have hair, but it's not, 
it's not like clean enough that you've really committed to it. I think it's a great look on a guy. If you've got a big kind of round, nice head, I think a you know kind of close to the close to the head shave is quite. A quite three's quite good. long though. Uh, I mean, my beard's a three. Yeah, it's like you can't see any skin underneath. No, no, you can't see any skin. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just been a bit of a frantic day. But um, yeah, how's, are you drinking a, a Lacroix? Uh, a Lacroix. Yes, it's You're been really... sort of warmish over the past few weeks, and I just I'm getting in. Really getting into those. Mm. I think you were drinking one last step. I was. Yeah. This is a passion fruit, so it's it's a little different. Don't want passion to go into the fruit. Deets. Don't want to go in the deep. Passion but... fruit is one of my least favorite flavors. Get the Fun fuck fact. out of town. Yeah, we are. You I know, hate everything. People worried that nine years into this podcast, we would run out of things to talk about, and I yeah. think day after day, you know, week after we week, we are proving them wrong. We yeah. are planting a flag in the sand and saying, "I don't care what you think." We found exciting things to talk about. Yep, and and plenty more of that came from too. <laughs> oh dear. Welcome to Deep Fort, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We know that your time is precious and it could be spent doing <laughs> other things, um, probably more productive things or, you know, better contributions to society. But instead, you're just wasting it with us. And we really appreciate that. So thank you. Uh, sitting through the internet with me this week, my friend, MZ, how you doing? Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm doing quite well we will see if we get another migraine this week it's possible anything's possible yeah how'd, you, how'd that end up yeah i had another one since we last recorded so they're sort oh. of lingering so i booked in another another visit to the high uh, to the migraine um, clinic coming up so we'll, we'll see mm-hmm. what what they can do but it wasn't wasn't the end of the world I thought it made for quite good content, though. Yeah, it was <laughs> you know a nice little thing. narrative within within the show, you know. Yeah, and I'd like to think you know much in the same way that Leonardo DiCaprio eating a raw fish was what clinched it for his Oscar. That mm. Nick Shadel battling through a migraine live on air is really going to get me also an Oscar. So get your ballots in early. Because I'm, I'm in the running, I think. Speaking of Leo, eating fish. Um, this is going to be a good would, segue, I can tell. I shouldn't have said the eating fish part. I actually know it does work, but in a really gross way, if you really want to make it work. <laughs> what, do you, what do you make of this? Uh, what do you make of his girlfriend? His dating escapades. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit... I'm fascinating. <laughs> eating fish. That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have doubted your segue prowess. You had it there. Actually, actually, pretty solid. Yeah, um, <laughs> disrespectful to women. Disrespectful, though. a lot of, <laughs> but it works. A lot of Can't say it doesn't work. Yeah, I was just thinking about this Leo stuff. Like, I, I mean, initially, the in the public eye, he was kind of seeing like, oh, that's Leo. He's doing that. He's doing the clone thing. You yeah. know, the Clooney thing where he's just like, you can't tie him down and. And he, but it seems like recently the the that that kind of sentiment and that uh, support has kind of waned, and now it's, people are like, wait, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. And I just feel like it's an interesting, um, get like a way to be living your life, given the, you know the way that the world is now. You know where 
Um, well, that's probably you know, what's paralleled the change in sentiment, right? I guess so, yeah. But I, I heard some comedians um, talking on a podcast that were kind of in that sphere or have been in that sphere and apparently, like, apparently he gets any woman he slept with to sign an NDA, which makes sense. But the other thing that they said, and this is just complete rumor and gossip, but apparently he just, he sometimes he wears his headphones and he gets uh, his, so like his team to bring in like a girl that um, is willing and that he finds attractive and he keeps his headphones in, doesn't say anything and just, and has sex with like his headphones in the whole time. And just as like, in listening to music or listening to yeah. like serial season three like what's what's he well he's he's probably not listening to this show nick uh, well, and if he is it's going to be a boner killer for him i think this, <laughs> this particular episode how dare you yeah. um i mean yeah possibly when we talked about eating fish that could have <laughs> put him off his game yeah. um the 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 bringing the t- it is so weird to me to have a team right like the idea i've got a team at its you know, basic level is is sort of a high celebrity thing of, oh yeah, my posse travels with me and I've always got someone who's going to go ahead and like get me through the crowds or, you know, arrange the green room like I like it. To that, That's already like one level of sort of uh, like a, yeah. a, a, a paid servitude thing, right? It's kind of yeah. interesting. To then have a secondary level where these people are expected to then coordinate your fucking sexual hookups is so weird. It's a little Epstein-y, isn't it? It's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it could, it might not be true. No, no. Um, but, but like, if you're talking about the NDA thing, do you get yeah. them to sign that beforehand? Before they, like, before anything starts, here, sign the NDA? You'd have to. So if you are so. interested in, in Leo, you get your pen out and do the paperwork first before you get taken upstairs. Like, what the fuck is that? Kind of ruins the mood, doesn't it? So weird. I mean, anyone it who might... sleeps with Leonardo DiCaprio these days knows exactly what they're getting. So more power to them, right? But and what's that? Well, they, he's famously only going to be interested in people under twenty-five, right? Like you'd know already that there there's no chance of like a relationship here. You're just doing it, I guess, to say that you did it. Yeah. But like, I, I'm not, you know, do what you want. But no one's w- walking into that blind and being like, oh, I thought we were really hitting it off. Like, I thought we were going to go for a date and go to a restaurant. Like, no, you know what you're doing. Oh, I bet there's some girls that are like, I'm going to be the one that, you know, sure, changes him. Sure. But he's not He's not really taking care of himself, you know. He's, he's just completely just leaning into this hedonistic lifestyle yeah. it seems and then on the side he's doing the climate change bullshit but he kind of has to do that now doesn't he he's well like... yeah but is he even acting and stuff at the moment like what's he doing oh he did a voiceover for cowspiracy i think maybe that was joaquin <laughs> i don't know good on him though you know if that makes you if that makes you happy leo keep going do you reckon he's happy no no is Georgia oh, no. single again? No, Georgia's married. Who's Georgia? George. Oh, George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle, yeah. Clunes. Um, Clunes is no, he's, still married. Or did he just oh, get divorced? No, no, no. He's he's on the he's on the home stretch now. He's I think he's had I think he's got his second kid on the way. Right, so still Oh, it was um Affleck who broke up. Affleck's newly single, right? 
Yeah, no, Affleck's with J-Lo, dude. Come oh, on. Oh, true. Yeah, I've lost track of the all Grammys. So is there anyone else in that posse who's doing what Leo's doing? Brad Pitt? Who's uh, Brad Pitt? Brad with? Pitt. No one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's a chance. <laughs> Brad, that Brad and Leo will get together. <laughs> Maybe this is what they've been fighting their whole lives. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we spent a lot of time talking about Brad Pitt last week, didn't we? <laughs> Did Probably we? shouldn't spend too much time on <laughs> Leo. Well, that episode is a bit of a blur to me, I think, for obvious reasons. I do have to, um, you've kind of teed me up again. Like, um, I do want to talk one more celebrity thing, which is actually kind of um, cool and, and surreal. Um, I got an email from George Lucas this week. Personally. Personal email, yeah. Which is what? like one of those wild things where you don't think like anyone watches your show internationally and that kind of thing. But then they just like drop into your email inbox. Wait, um, what? Yeah, the subject is just like, hello. And it's fucking George, George Lucas. Um, I've been saving this out. up, so I'm going to, I'll read it to you now. Um, I was going to wait till oh the my. end, but you kind of just set it up. Um, so we'll just what do it at fuck? the start. Um George Lucas, hey, uh, yes, subject matter is hello, which is kind of like, I don't, kind of cash. Is is the H capitalized? Capital H. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the email says, good day. I am Mr. George Lucas from Portland area of state of Oregon, USA. I'm a business consultant. I have a client um. from Afghanistan whose husband died during the terrorist invasion in Afghanistan in 2021. The wife's name is Mrs. Emina Elkatab, who happens to be my client. She's a cancer patient and she's currently in Dubai, United Arab Emirate, UAE, for cancer treatments. So things are kind of taking this sad turn, I think, for old for old Georgie boy. Um, sorry, 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 Nick. George Lucas. George Lucas from the, Star Wars. The, the film. Yeah, this is this is George Lucas. Yeah, He's a George Lucas. It's, just, it's in the name of the yeah in the email. George Lucas. Okay, and he's and he's claiming to be a business. He's consultant. a business consultant. Yeah. So mm. I think since he sold Star Wars, mm. I guess he's just sort of like open to other opportunities. Right. And then stumbled into this like really sad situation where one of his clients' husbands died, yeah. um, but now she's got blood cancer, which is called leukemia. And her health yep. condition is critical at the moment. She's instructed him lately to search for a good investor that will claim her family money through the help of her family lawyer, as she and her late oh. husband, Muhammad El-Khattab, has no child of their own before the death okay. of her husband. And the role of the investor is to invest the money in his or her specialty in any part of the world. So I, I, I don't know what's going on, but it sounds like he's getting into that same kind of Bill Gates, Melinda foundation sort of thing like international outreach and i just i admire the guy like to nick have sort um, of reached out and look for opportunities all over the place yeah can you can you tell me what the email address was can you read that out please sure george lucas i'll have to i'll have to beep it afterwards obviously um but yeah i can tell you um yeah it's M. Armstrong. <laughs> zero zero one. 
at gmail.com. Right. Okay. And does he mention anything about Star Wars in there? He doesn't say Star Wars. Um, He says the only thing that she wants to achieve is to make sure we establish a charity foundation. In in space, maybe. Maybe in space or a long time ago (laughs) in a place far, far away. Um, but anyway, I guess, I guess the takeaway is never give up on your dreams because you never know who out there is watching. Yeah. Um, that's huge, man. I'm really happy for you and the show, which is not mentioned at all in that email. Um, well, I, how else would he know about me? <laughs> so you just got to think this through. Right. Okay. He probably found Good my fair. website. He was probably like, who wrote that? Uh-huh. Hit yeah. up my website, grab my email address. It is odd that Boom. he doesn't mention anything about how why he's gotten in touch, apart from, you know, basically asking you for money, though. Don't you think that's strange? Well, he's he's not explicitly, like, asked for money. He's trying to give me money so that I can set up a fa- charity foundation. And have you responded? No, I haven't gone back to him yet. I thought I'd, I'd talk about it on the pod first, but yeah, I only came okay. to today. Always best to talk about it on the pod first, then respond to emails. I do I that find. with most of the good stories in my life, to be honest. Well, let me know and let us know when um, when you do reply and when yeah, you do hand... see what happens. Presumably, you'll have to hand over your bank details in order for them to oh, um, you send so? you this yeah. this money. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's really fantastic. Well yeah, done. thank you. And yeah, nice to have on on deep thought. You yeah, know, two degrees of separation from the great George Lucas. What a guy! What a guy! I don't think I've seen anything that George Lucas has done apart from maybe the Phantom Menace. What about a um, Raiders of the Lost Ark or anything? No, you've never seen any Indiana Jones. Nope. Wow. Okay. Do you know what my Do you know what my favorite thing that George Lucas has ever done is be photographed in Rundle Mall food court? Do you remember that? <laughs> Vaguely. Why was he in Adelaide? I think it was Rip It Up when Rip It Up was still around. Yeah. He was filming. Oh, he was in town for something. Maybe. Is Rip It Up gone. Yeah. Oh. Buried. Buried. Um, took on my work with them as well. Huh? Very annoying. Um, yeah, and he got he got photographed in a food court just eating one of those shitty like asian places that they give you a plastic fork with and he looks super sad (laughs) oh well you know travel the world yeah now um since we're on a roll with with hollywood tell me about mulaney mulaney was okay mulaney was phenomenal um i didn't jealous but glad that you went i'm glad that i went i i um i didn't know that i was going up until two days before when my friend Elise said that she had bought me a ticket for my birthday, um, which is in a couple of months. But also, that's a lie, it turns <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is really, really nice of you. Turns out... Someone you know, else had fallen through. That doesn't make up. it any less generous. Yeah. Um, I might end up having to pay for the ticket. Who knows well, who, as well? <laughs> you should probably. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he was phenomenal. Um, it was a change of venue last minute. He Because we talked about this 
months ago, maybe off pod, but I feel like on pod where you were like, I don't want to see him. I don't want to go to a stadium. I don't want to see him in like the middle of Rod Laver Arena or whatever it was. Yeah. So it was Rod Laver Arena. And then he got bumped. Apparently Chappelle, who's in town, decided that he wanted to add another show and it bumped Mulaney yeah, right. into, into a smaller arena. At the same venue? Uh, yeah, around that area. It's like a big... It's where they have the, the Australian Open. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of tennis. So they uh, were the same night. Yeah. There must have been some overlap there. <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I'm not... I'm a bit hazy on exactly what happened because I've heard this from someone yeah, else yeah, telling sure. me, so I can't... Anyway, um, they moved the venue. Yeah, something to do with Chappelle. Um, so it's a smaller arena, so I was happier about that. Um, and it was packed out. Interesting. It was... So when we, when we got there... There was like a huge line, and this is this was a first for me. Uh, they were um, asking you to put your phone like is a no phone event, mm-hmm. so you put it in this like kind of little pouch, mm-hmm. and then they seal it up, and then you cannot open it until they've got their special device at the end of the show and click it open. Yeah, surprisingly smooth process actually for for doing that on on, on mass. Um. But yeah, that was a first, but it's also really nice to kind of not have your phone, like to just not even have access to it. Not be able so to take So is that still pictures. on your person? Yeah. You've got the pouch on you. Sure. Um, you just can't get in. Yeah. You just can't get in. So, um, yeah. So he, he really, the whole show was based on his, the last few years that he's had. Yeah. Um, he talked about, you know, the intervention um, the, the kind of, the, a few of the stories before rehab, um, it was all the stuff that you want really, yeah. you know, like you, you want, like you want him to like kind of take you through that process. And he actually, some of the stories on there I had, I'd heard on Seth Meyers and a few other places. So yeah. you don't, but I, I listen to a lot of comedians talk, uh, comedy, and they say that like Mulaney is this kind of freak of nature because he's one, he doesn't actually work his material out in clubs like everyone else does. So you never see, you never see, or they never see um, him like, like kind a of working bits. Yeah, they never see that. You know, like Chris Rock might drop into the comedy cellar and try, you know try the thing, or Louis C.K. Blah blah blah. Um, so he, apparently he doesn't do that. So I, I'm I'm wondering if he kind of does that on talk shows maybe, but he's um he's he's fucking incredible. Like he's on the top of his game. He um, what else can I say about it? It was uh, was there, oh, there like was this- good response from the audience? You you think that like uh like Australian crowds were receptive? Had he been to Australia before? Not sure about that, but um, it, the the crowd was like just so thirsty for him yeah and it was it was a good it's like it was a good crowd it's probably what you'd expect like kind of 30 to 40s kind of people who seem just like nice people you know yeah um there was this wild moment where he was talking about rehab and he asked someone in the audience he asked the crowd if they had been anyone who'd been to rehab and he says oh to this one girl who's who put her hand up um, what rehab center did you, did you go to? Can I ask? And she said, I was in the same, I was in rehab at the same place that you were at the same time. Hmm. 
and it was this crazy but he i'm not sure if uh i'm not sure if he it kind of hit a, on, a, on a nerve or something but he he just killed it dead like it was he just dropped he it <laughs> he, it was like weird because it's like this is an incredible coincidence yeah and he's just like he was like okay no we're not going there so there was a bit of bit of, that was a bit of a weird moment but um yeah he was um yeah he he was so fucking funny um it was probably not as funny as as louis um well not i wasn't like bowling over laughing but it was it was interesting and it was there was you know a some, good story yeah uh narrative wise there was there was a lot there and it was it was just like it's also interesting to hear famous people talk about their famous friends and like the, and like Fred Armisen and stuff who's the you know, was a big part of that and yeah. saying how like you know you you know you fucked up when Fred Armisen isn't doing bits at your intervention <laughs> and stuff so yeah it was yeah no it was fucking incredible and we had really good seats as well which yeah, kind right. of helped the immersion you know, helped helped the immersion and and like helped it not feel like a like I was because when you think stadium was it open air or was there a lid on it yeah there was a lid yeah when you th- when you think that you're going to see a comedian in a stadium i always imagine that i'm just going to be seeing them from like super far away yeah probably because that's what that's what normal i've, I've only ever bought <laughs> i've only bought tickets you know for the cheapest price yeah. <laughs> available when i wanted to see you know those types of things but we were really close we were like you know, row L, I think, yeah. um, and front and center. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. Oh, that's lanes. so exciting. Yeah, I actually have um, the ticket here. Hey, proof. Oh, you did. You went and saw it. I did. I um, went and saw James Acaster in Auckland when he was here a couple of years ago. Yeah. And for cold lasagna. Cold lasagna. Um, and the New Zealand crowds apparently are sort of internationally famous as being very tough to win over. And it's just, I think similar to Australia, but probably not when you're at the level of status where you're in a fucking arena. But I think like just working comedians coming to both those places from the U S find a real juxtaposition in how vocal and enthusiastic the audiences are. Cause Americans just by their, you know, general cultural average are loud and brash and enthusiastic and, you know, really present as an audience. And I think Australians can sort of like, and New Zealanders can happily laugh at a few things and then sit politely and listen all the way through and then get up and, you know, polite smatter of applause and walk out and go, that was a great night. But in comparison, the comedian's like, wow, I fucking died. (laughs) So in most of the, um, New Zealand uh, tours um, James Acaster didn't even finish his full set like he's, he, he pulled the ripcord maybe 40 no minutes in versus like an hour in wow. um, and I think it's just because the, the expectations of what the audience is giving is, is different um, that must make for an interesting viewing experience as well because you you've come from you've seen plenty of comedy shows in Australia and yeah. Australians are famously great audiences I think I think there's certainly like an affection for any international star who's made the effort to come there's yep. just like automatically like enthusiasm of like wow you're a Hollywood person or you I've seen you on yeah. the TV 
Yeah. Yeah, because we're, we're so far away. Like, I was talking about um, the tickets with someone the other day and why it's, it's so expensive when you see, like, Mulaney. Like, I'm imagining that this ticket um, was, you know, in excess of 100 bucks. Oh, yeah. And I, I guess you, you got to... Yeah, it's tough because you got you got to if you got to bring a crew down, fly all the way to Australia. It's like that's an investment um, in US needs, dollars. Yeah, but I guess you know it's it must be kind of good traveling as a comedian because the overheads are pretty low. Yeah, and you know what else? What do you need really? Yeah, just a mic and then a support crew, right? It's different mm-hmm. if you're touring with a band or like a light show or fucking fireworks. Yeah. I mean, fucking the, I mean, Radiohead must just be, I'm just thinking, well, I mean, Coldplay, I guess, would be a, a, a yeah. more extreme example of that. But, you know, Radiohead just being a band, having like, <clears throat> just deciding their set lists yeah. and the, the instrument changeovers and stuff. That's such yeah. a... And all fight. of those are then coordinated with like light shows Lights. and visual effects. And, you know, in the case of... Um, Coldplay, it's literally fireworks. Like they will play along, and then at the end of a song, there'll be fireworks that goes off, and you know, yeah. lasers. And I think I haven't been to one of their concerts in years, but I'm pretty sure they have like phone connected light show shit where, yeah, like your wristband glows and you hold up your phone, and you know, all kinds of shit. Like, Fuck. it must cost millions of dollars to put on, so that's why the tickets are then like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. This actually segues into um, something else I was um, going to bring up with you um, that I went and saw earlier this week. Um, the MSO, Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, is putting on like some free free concerts in the Sydney Maya Bowl, which is really nice. Mm. So they're playing um, Tchaikovsky. So Lauren Sydney and I Sydney Maya Bowl, down. sorry, is that an outside? Yeah, out, outside yeah. place. Arcade Fire played there a few years ago, among yeah. other, so many others, but that yeah. I saw them there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we went and saw the MSO played Tchaikovsky, which was nice. Like you, you kind of, you get a picnic rug and you kind of set out your space. And we went down there at five thirty. Gates opened at four thirty. We got there after work, and it's already packed. And the concert doesn't actually start till seven thirty. So you're waiting around for two hours. Yeah, just kind of holding fort while everyone kind of still rolling in, which is so tedious. I hate that, but yes. Well, it's 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 kind of nice because you know we brought some wine and well Lauren did brought sure. some wine and some cheese and stuff, so it was yeah. like kind of having a picnic and then oh there's a you know concert a concert yeah, um, but we had as it started to fill up there was like no spots left and it started to get really small and it's kind of one of those interesting things where your the amount of space that you have is determined by how big your rug is yeah. And so, you know, we've got this like huge thing and this is our area now. We've got, you know, we've got yeah. a lot of space and then people are just like cramming in. in. Yeah. And you start to feel a little guilty. And then, and then just before the concert starts, this, this trio, it was like a kind of a middle-aged woman with like an older man and a, and her kid. And I could see them like kind of scoping out a spot. And we've got like a couple of, we've got maybe half a meter between us and the people in front of us, yeah, who also have their rug, and I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they've got deck chairs. Oh fuck! Like not 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 like the proper yeah, deck chairs, I know but the ones, ones you that, mean. like the, the, the cricket ones. ones, the very tiny little, yeah. yeah. And sure enough, they fucking do it, dude. Right they in front of in, you. Right in front. Um, they well, they had like the mother and son were 
on the right of us, like in front, and then the older man who was really tall had to stretch out so he had his legs so there was a bit of a gap so we could actually see right through but it was yeah. also just uncomfortable having these people now just right. sitting right yeah when there, you've been there right. for three hours yeah oh, it was that's so bullshit. fucking annoying you didn't then, say something i don't know if there was any ground for us to say anything like there was also a little if bit it's of within guilt. half a meter of you jesus look if i was a real man i probably would have said something but you know should have sailed. And then then they're all on their fucking phones the whole time. Ugh. So what they're was the orchestra phones. playing? Tchaikovsky. This the uh, selection oh, of Tchaikovsky works. That. Yeah, right. And yeah, it was and the, that the, in demand. Just because it's oh, free, yeah. I guess. Well, it's just a nice thing to yeah. do. And it, yeah, I guess it's free and it's just like... Bring the kids, it's summer lovely. afternoon. But then they're on their phone. But... I was thinking about music and how this, I don't know when Tchaikovsky was actually around, I think maybe 200 years ago or so. And I was thinking this, these, this music was written, you know, so long ago and yet people are coming in the thousands. There was 10,000 people there to come and watch this uh, music. And I thought like, is there any music that's being written today that will be able to endure because you know you think of classical music as kind of timeless and i'm not sure why necessarily that is and is it is any music now would that could that be considered timeless on the same scale yeah absolutely um baby shark baby shark's huge baby shark's gonna um, be there um hot potato hot potato by the wiggles yeah um what else? I guess got? I'm wrong. Toxic by oh. Britney Spears. Yeah, that's that's a banger. Um, all right, those are probably the three. All right, next topic. I um, I do wonder whether part of it has to have been a scarcity and preservation problem, right? So, how many people were musicians, like academically trained? formal musicians who could compose and write it down on paper in the 1840s to 1890s, which I just looked up. That was Tchaikovsky. So how many people in that era? Probably a handful, right? So you already met many, many, many fewer um, composers in that era, right? And mm -hmm. then you've got the preservation question of, well, okay, now that someone's written it down, what are the chances that someone's going to keep that around you have to be an absolute top tier person who's you know drawing crowds or drawing admiration and acclaim in his era and it was invariably a he um mm -hmm. so that it gets passed down and preserved and played generationally today we don't have that problem today there are fucking millions of musicians all over the world and all of their music assuming, you know, the world continues on as it is, is digitally out there, right? We can You can access it and preserve it for nearly no cost. So the 200 years from now, all of this stuff is going to be there as this massive archive of our entire era, which includes photos, by the way, and videos and all the other, you know, remnants of this era. This is the first one which is going to be digitally available for generations to come. But with that means the the preservation thing is 
is not really a question anymore. The hmm. success is not really even a question to ensure it lasts. So 200 years from now, I think people are going to dig through the archives of, you know, the music that's out there in the world. And someone will, it'll be like going into an old record shop and just like flipping through records. And, and you might find one weird thing, which is sort of your taste. Mm. Um, but you, you, you might not have the same like high, um, high peak of like, th these are the three composers from that place in that time that everyone knows or everyone's hearing still. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You don't reckon it has anything to do with the like the music itself uh, being, you know, I guess we have, you know, there's the analog instruments, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, they're, you know, strings and piano. And I wonder if that has something to do with that. Those are instruments that will never go out of fashion. So maybe, you know, music that is kind of raw in that regard has more of a chance at, at, at holding longevity yeah and i but it's also like the music of that era was moderated right by whoever it was that was in charge anything that was weird or alternative tended to be mm. looked down upon or ignored or discarded right it's the same as, as like painting you know sure. um how was van gogh you know treated in his era pretty crap right it was because it was so different to the mainstream taste that it was it took decades for people to realize what he was yeah. so i don't know there was probably fucking incredible alt classical music out there by some really interesting you know german swedish composer or something that just got lost to time because everyone around was like what the fuck is that guy doing <laughs> and he's like it's just like a dominant seventh it's a nice <laughs> note trust me like fucking get that out of my stuff yeah yeah, well, that's the interesting thing, though. It's like this was, and you kind of struck with that when you're when you're kind of watching this music being played, listening to this music being played. Is that this was like the the like the one of the most entertaining things you could do. This is pop music, yeah, um, for people. And you know, it was Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky specifically wrote a lot of ballet pieces, mm. but this is like music for people to dance to. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like a it was like a, a a form of entertainment that everyone could get on board with and everyone liked. Yeah, it's interesting to to wonder though. I, I think at your original question for all that I rambled around it, what kind of music today is going to hold up in two hundred years as like a compositional feat? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are probably <laughs> this is going to sound silly. But, like, I feel like you could, if you're going to pick someone, you could probably point to uh, John Williams' Jurassic Park and go, in 200 years, people can listen to the Jurassic Park score and still be like, that fucking slaps. That's a great, yep. that's a great song. And maybe it's mm -hmm. because it is classical and maybe because that is, like, strings and, you it's know, orchestra. It's a little bit orchestra. cheating. But I agree. But like it is, you can imagine. I could he, I could imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The E. T. theme. He's written some he I mean, has written some. What, if there's any guy, right? Oh, currently Zimmer. today, in terms Hans of composers. Zimmer, yeah. Who else? Who else is it? Hans Zimmer. Yeah, but yeah. 
maybe not as but i guess he's like look i love zimmer i love him um but when he's done it for another 40 years you know let's check in well he's not exactly a young buck no but (laughs) But I, i mean john williams is just it's his own category Yes, I agree. That that is, I think, that's got a good shot at being at being timeless. Um, I guess it's also we don't you have because there's so much saturation of music now that you don't we don't really have those you know supergroups really anymore. I mean, they they are they're around, but they're kind of um, they're kind of profiting off the success of their early days. When where there were mostly supergroups, so I think you're right. Like, sorry, by supergroups, of... you're not talking about like two prominent bands coming together. You're talking about like one band that gets like radio play yeah, yeah, yeah. and explodes like a YouTube level or something. Yeah, so I guess you have like um, Coldplay now would be huge. Like, have mainstream success, like yeah. huge mainstream success. And I know you have like Taylor Swift, and she's huge. Yeah, and, I think you um, can look at Beyonce, Bieber. And then... Yeah, you know, those kind of um, pop idols, but then you've but like they don't exist in the same way that like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles existed back in the day, which were doing you know interesting music, alternative music, but were you know huge like for everyone. Everyone loved them. Uh, I, I or think is that just the lens find, that we're? I think you probably through. find arguments people who would argue that point. Um, I'm not v- well versed enough to 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 jump in with a you know discography read through of beyonce's catalog but i i think that you could for instance definitely find equivalent fandoms to the Beatlemania craze you know it looks yeah. different slightly with the, the digital A's, but i think you would find you know certain pop stars who could walk off a plane and just get mobbed by a million people you know whether it's taylor swift or beyonce or rihanna or any of those kind of types um yeah i guess so. I'd, I'd take your point about whether or not they were like countercultural, where they were coming in with a different type of music and 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 you know the beatles ushered in a new era and the stones you know they, they were both shaking up against sort of establishment music hmm. i don't know what form that's taken today um yeah so i, 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 I can also- hear that point it's also easier to romanticize music from the past, yeah. Um, as you know, we, you know, at the, at the time that the Beatles came out, you know, I'm sure there were some people going, "Oh, this is like people who knew music would be like, oh, this is this is not great. Like, I don't, I don't like this." But in the same way that people who, you know, say that they like music would say that about Justin Bieber sure. or Taylor Swift, like they're they feel like they're above it. Yeah. But maybe in forty years time, time Taylor Swift will be kind of like a an indie hipstery kind of find. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Um, oh, I just had a point I was going to make. We can just have the rest of the oh, podcast. That's but... what I was going to say. Thank you. <laughs> now shut up. Um, my dad is not a huge Beatles guy. Um, mm. And I put on one of my recent playlists that I make one of Paul McCartney's latest albums songs. Um, that was the w- worst way to phrase that sentence, but a new song from Paul McCartney no, like, you today. Saying, yep. um, and like genuinely, I find him quite interesting. And, and he had this album about a year ago or so now. 
And then he had a, a sort of a remix album of it where he brought in all these kind of people. So Ed O'Brien did a remix of one of his tracks and right, there was a couple yeah. of other interesting songs in there. Um, but anyway, I listened through it and I was like, this is, this is cool. Like this guy's fucking, you know, getting out there in age and still releasing new music um, and still clearly a talented singer songwriter and drums and bass. He played all the fucking instruments on it. And yeah. I put it in the playlist and that's like, nah, just, ugh, nah, I just don't get, nah, Paul McCartney. And I guess there was always that, right? Like for all that we think of and can appreciate the era defining um, qualities of a band like that. (laughs) I guess it's easy to overlook the people for whom it was just like, nah, that's not my thing. Yeah. um, McCartney did some, he's done some like interesting collaborations, isn't he? With um, some like, some people that we both like. with like younger artists it, like i just i respect that people who keep yeah modern i love this song with lil wayne um was that a joke i don't know i don't know it wasn't. I, I was i was listening i was like what's what's paul mccartney done with it <laughs> i don't even know who lil wayne is okay well we can just delete this bit then <laughs> i don't know if this is interesting but the church of england has um, let me just get this up. The Church of England is considering nice, considering using gender-neutral terms now for God. So now God and Jesus won't be he, him. Really? He, they, them. Yeah. So I've got that article, but I don't know if that's super interesting. Where, what's that um, website? Is this like rumor or is this like New York Times? The, the, the Guardian. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. That's interesting. I'm not sure if there's heaps. But I don't know how much there yeah. is there. I think yeah, I would just say what I just said, which is that that's interesting. I think if anyone's um, if anyone's going to be a they, them, it's got to be the yeah. omniscient the presence trilogy. in the universe. <laughs> yeah. I think. Like, yeah. they're everything. So. Yeah. yeah. I think I just yeah, said I Holy Trilogy, not Holy Trinity. But, you know, we know. Well, they're basically a trilogy. The sequel, tracks for you, the I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never understood what the Holy Spirit is, by the way. Can we? No what one is, does. So I get the guy. You know, he's upstairs. Yeah. He's standing in a gate, or you know, parading around in heaven. All right, he's got his son. Comes down. Yeah, does the whole yep. sacrifice thing. What's the spirit doing? What's I just? I, what's it meant to be? I feel like it's like a, it's like a, like a mist. Okay. Like a, like a mist. Like that. Every time that's, you see mist, that's God. No, it's just, it takes the form of mist. But what but is I it? I don't really know. I have no it idea. It has to make, it has to have some sort of metaphorical purpose, right? Like it's about the the human sacrifice or like the devotion or faith or something, right? According to the internet, um, the Holy Spirit is a witness of God and Jesus, so the Holy Ghost confirms the truth about Jesus' gospel. So it's really just... Oh, it's a fact it's checker. Just, it's a fact <laughs> checker. <laughs> so he's just fact there on the side being like, all right. So just so everyone knows, he had a little tube running up his sleeve and that's how he changed the water <laughs> into the wine. So he just stuck his hand over it. It was a quick like... And then there was yeah. a new one. So it was just a little bit of a fun prank. Yeah. It's especially good just as a um, 
insurance for 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 Jesus and God yeah. to be like, well, if someone someone doubts them, like, well, we got Holy a Spirit. Yeah. yeah. The um the Holy Ghost goes around before every show and just gets everyone to sign an NDA like DiCaprio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I'm you glad. Know, Jesus Jesus died at 33, which is an age that we will be old we'll be older than Jesus pretty soon, Nick, and smarter. Mm-hmm. If we get out Jesus. And not as stinky. Because <laughs> yeah, you take, know Jesus was a smelly guy. We took many more showers in our life than Jesus did. I reckon he I reckon he was a maybe he took three showers. Yeah. He might have been able to turn like water into wine, but can he turn sweat into Rexona? I don't think so. No, he can't, which is yeah a beautiful smell in, in every culture. <laughs> Rexona sport. <laughs> yeah, he was a Lynx Africa guy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Heartthrob. Uh, okay, um, how about some science news? Mm-hmm. Get, get strap in, because this one ain't fun. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time. Time for science news. Alrighty, uh, so don't know if you've been uh, paying attention to the World Health. I have world, 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 to the World Health Organization recently. But, Who? Um, ex- <laughs> this, yeah, I shouldn't that have was, laughed. That was pretty it was good. good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> oh goddamn it! So they put out a um a little bit of a heads up just so that everyone knows. Um, the press release is entitled, No Level of Alcohol Consumption is Safe for Our Health. Oh. So I'm just going to read this basically as is because it's not very long and it's fairly clear. <laughs> the risks and harms associated with drinking alcohol have been systematically evaluated over the years and are well documented. The World Health Organization has now published a statement in the Lancet Public Health. When it comes to alcohol consumption, there is no safe amount that does not affect health. It is the alcohol that causes harm, not the beverage. Alcohol is a toxic, psychoactive, and dependence-producing substance that has been classified as a Group 1 carcinogen by the International Agency for Research on Cancer decades ago. This is the highest risk group, which includes asbestos, radiation, and tobacco. Alcohol causes at least seven types of cancer, including the most common cancer types like bowel cancer and female breast cancer. Ethanol, alcohol, causes cancer through biological mechanisms as the compound breaks down in the body, which means that any beverage containing alcohol, regardless of its price and quality, poses a risk of developing cancer. The risk of developing cancer increases substantially the more alcohol is consumed. However, latest available data indicate that half of all alcohol-attributable cancers are caused by light and moderate alcohol consumption, that is, less than 1.5 litres of wine or less than 3.5 litres of beer, or less than 450 mils of spirits per week. This drinking pattern is responsible for the majority of alcohol-attributed breast cancers in women with the highest burden observed in, cu- in countries of the European Union. In the EU, cancer is a leasing- leading cause of death with a steadily increasing incidence rate, and the majority of all alcohol-attributable deaths are due to different types of cancers. Anyway, I won't read the rest of it. 
Um, but basically they say that to identify a safe level, quote unquote, safe level of alcohol consumption, valid scientific evidence would need to demonstrate that at and below a certain level, there is no risk of illness or injury associated with alcohol consumption. The new WHO sta statement clarifies that currently available evidence cannot indicate the existence of any threshold at which the carcinogenic effects of alcohol switch on and start to manifest in the human body. So yeah. a little bit of a um, depressive rea depressing reality check there. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna take a sip from my beer. I thought you might just to process that mm. it's interesting with this uh alcohol stuff because and, and basically any health stuff because it seems like there's such a kind of a smoke screen like you know you have articles coming out all the time this is such a frequent frequently reposted article <laughs> that you know two glasses of wine is actually good for you yeah you know every day yeah or like there'll be articles like that it's a lot of lot to do with the, the health and fitness world is such a mess in terms of um getting clear information to people yeah <laughs> so, it's interesting um, that you say that because the very next paragraph is moreover there are no studies that would demonstrate that the potential beneficial effects of light and moderate drinking on cardiovascular diseases or type 2 diabetes outweigh the cancer risk associated with these same levels of alcohol consumption so they're, they're ba basically saying that all of this stuff about hey it could be good for diabetes or it could be good for your heart if you have a little bit of alcohol none of those counterbalance the negative effects that the alcohol has as a carcinogen mm. so it's interesting that you talked about that yeah i did see um, a study that budweiser did that i think was actually pretty conclusive that three beers per evening is actually pretty good for your cardiovascular but oh great yeah um, i don't know if they can be trusted it's interesting to me a bit because i feel like of all of those listed alcohol slips under the radar a bit right like we know tobacco is negative um, in just about every form and it's being actively outlawed or trying to be minimized um as as part of our society we know radiation is a risk and we we avoid you know unnecessary x-rays and you know shield against microwaves and all that kind of stuff we know that um oh, asbestos you know all of these things are in a sort of similar category but alcohol doesn't alcohol even though it's classified in that same way alcohol despite you know the drink driving psas and despite the you know, drink responsibly stuff. I don't think it's perceived as being as toxic as it is. Alcohol has gotten the sweetest ride yeah. of any harmful thing in the internet that's ever existed. When you consider people's attitudes towards drugs yeah, and people's attitudes, yeah, towards cigarettes, alcohol is just like in the corner going, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't really, I mean, like... The amount of deaths, as you just said, like the drink driving and the dumb shit that people do. It is, considering that we, we ban so many other substances, yeah. it is so fucking weird that we let alcohol, uh, you know, as, have such a, like easy access to people. Allows, I'm really, really stumbling over my words. <laughs> you need yeah, another drink. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's, it is so weird that we allow such easy access to alcohol for people considering so much how it does so much harm. I yeah. need to stop talking. I think it is, it is possibly 
slightly controversial, but I almost feel like if you're not going to ban it, the least that we could do is raise the drinking age to 21 like the US. Like I, I genuinely do think that those three years of like formative adolescent life would be better served not drinking than having drunk at that time, right? Like, well, yeah, because you're still develop your brain's still developing. Yeah, yeah. maybe could even raise it to twenty twenty five. You know, isn't that when they say that the brain? Oh, didn't well, you we tell me that the brain? This, remember, yeah, There's right. No such, okay, that was you. No such point, but but yeah, it is sort of uncontroversial, I think, to to say that an eighteen year old's brain is not fully formed. Um, yeah. So allowing them to drink and and knowing as we do the the risks that they take already on the roads, taking alcohol out of that equation would only save lives for all that would be culturally impossible to, to do. I think. Do you, do you remember the first, do you, how old were you when you had your first proper drink? Were you under 18? No, I would have had by, by proper, like I would have at family barbecues and things, you know, dad will, you know, say, Hey, do you want to, want to try some beer or dad enjoying a wine would would you know offer a little bit at the dinner table but i never really liked wine um for what i later discovered was um fructose malabsorption read reasons where it just doesn't sit nicely on my stomach so i i still don't drink wine to this day huh. but um as a kid you know i've probably had a taste of of a beer somewhere and it just but didn't you didn't really drink me. until no. 18 yeah, and even after that, like I was in a nerdy friendship group, so it wasn't like our get-togethers were predicated on let's all go get drunk. So if you're at a party, there would be beers there and, you know, I'd have one, but it was never really a super appealing thing. Mm. I still remember getting invited because I was weirdly sort of moderately popular at school, not in like the popular gang, but like I was just liked by different friendship groups i wasn't like offensive to anyone and so that because i was in the some of the academic stuff and i was in some of the sports teams and i was in the music department i'd end up getting to sort of different kinds of birthday parties and i remember getting invited to one age 16 for a 16th birthday party and it was like um seven o'clock onwards or something like that and so i turned up at seven (laughs) o'clock and i was the only person there because yeah. I was like, well, it says seven o'clock, you know, like if I was going bowling, I'd be there at seven, but this was a party party. And so yeah. everyone started rolling in from like eight, eight thirty, and people were coming in and they're like, oh, Nick, Nick, are you, are you, are you, <laughs> you're like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I've been here for hours. And they, they said, are you drinking tonight? And I was like, I literally said this alcohol. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, are you having... <laughs> Are you having any drinks? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I'm not. They're like, and to be fair, they didn't like pressure or anything. They're like, oh yeah, no, mm. no worries. Um, but I was shocked. Like I left it probably, I don't know, 10 or whatever. And I remember yeah. I'd got picked up by my mom or something like that. Cause they just dropped me off, give me a lift. And um, I was like, they were drinking alcohol. Like, it was so, like, beyond my expectations or wheelhouse. I was like, but they're not 18. Like, they're younger than that. <laughs> and, oh. and I still remember being like, 
but what are they doing? If and like you could smell it and everything, and I was like, it doesn't even smell very nice. Like what a, a yeah. shitty beer in a plastic cup is like the worst smelling liquid. <laughs> well, it's definitely not the. It worst was eye opening. I still remember it. That must be what, what at least seventeen years ago. God, your parents must have been so stoked. When, when <laughs> <laughs> I think they were hoping that I'd get drunk. They'd be like, "Oh, fucking, just go live a little." Jesus Christ. I when I was um, when I was sixteen, I I was quite young for my, my graduating class. Yeah. Um, were you the same? Did you did you graduate oh six? Yeah. From high school. Yeah. Oh, so you would have been the same. Yeah, similar. Um, but. Every, I remember everyone else was kind of like 17. Some of them were 18 when we had finished high school. Yeah. And I got a fake ID from my friend's brother, older brother. And I would go with my uh, with my friend, Michael O'Dwyer. Shout out to Michael. Um, and we would go to bars. Like my mum and dad would drop me off at these bars knowing huh. what we were doing. Huh. Um, knowing that I was 16 and I would, you know... I eventually got that ID confiscated because I never thought to remember the birthday. Like <laughs> I, I remember it, it worked a couple of times and then I got super cocky. And then one time the, I mean, this guy, the ID that I had looked yeah. nothing like me. I think no. he was like kind of Latino. Yeah. Um, one time the security guard was like, give me this like weird look. Like he's, he, he's, he's onto me. Yeah. He's like, what's your birthday? And I went, uh, I don't know. And he's like, okay, get out of here. But I remember <laughs> the first time it. I got absolutely wasted. Uh, we'd, we'd go to, me and Michael would go to the Elephant and Wheelbarrow. In, it does um, sound a little bit like you're talking about yourself in the third person. Yes. Michael would confusing. go to the bar and get completely <laughs> wasted. And I would just and watch go, from the side. <laughs> we'd, we'd go to this bar in the city at like 4 p.m. and then just hang out there because they didn't start checking ids until like seven or eight right so we just you're wait already there. in if you're already in they yeah. don't check you yeah so right. we just wait there and then we start drinking and i remember i remember being so drunk that i was vomiting and falling down the stairs of this pub oh and my you know od i'll just call him od yeah. had to like call For my dad reasons he had to call my dad and say, hey, um, we're fucking wasted. Can you come pick up Michael? Because he's not in a good way. Yeah. And my dad picked me up. I'm just vomiting the whole time. Brought me home. And my mum my mom was like screaming at me uh-huh. when I got, how the, how could you do this? You're 16 years old. You, this is what, this is who you are. Like blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. I remember my dad, my dad being, my dad was actually, who was quite a strict parent uh, you know yeah this is one of those scenarios where he was just like kind of chill he let he just didn't never told me off yeah he never told me off and he even told my mum to give me a break yeah because the pain of what you were about to endure was going to be far worse than any words they could tell it right well do you know do you know how he punished me how he woke me up and you smoke eight... a whole packet of cigarettes worse <laughs> he he Woke me up at 8 a.m. and Uh-oh. said, we're going to your grandma's house <laughs> and we're just going to listen to her. <laughs> Using family members as punishment is... <laughs> and just listening, listening to Bubcha talk about her back issues. Uh, <laughs> and I never drank again. Yeah, and that was the happy ending. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, if you've enjoyed this, then there's plenty more episodes. We can uh, forward you a link if you need one, or you could just go to deepfort at podbean.com and find them for yourself. Uh, we're not on Twitter anymore, but you can find us on Facebook still. You can go to Instagram and you can send us an email to deepfort at gmail.com and, and tell a friend if you've enjoyed this because you never know. They might enjoy it as well. We're not on Twitter? No. Nah. You took us off, did you? Made the executive decision. Oh, it's probably still there, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't use Twitter anymore. Oh, I'm sure our six followers will be devastated. Yeah, they'll they'll be crushed. Um, we've done some GC talk today. Should we do a, a George Clooney news and just see what's happening in his world? Let's yeah, let's uh, let's check in with Clunes. Alrighty. You always edit out my burps. Leave that I, one in. <laughs> I will not. George. 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 Okay, uh, Michael, you can do this one. For those who don't know, George Clooney News is a very simple segment. It's where we type the name George Clooney into Google and click on the first and most interesting recent article and we just check in with George Clooney. Yeah, give me one second. Boring, boring, boring. Bell's palsy. What the hell is that? Mm. One of these is George Clooney goes for a ride in a black BMW on set. Okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> it's it's a bit thin on the old uh, Clooney news. I GCN. Say. Nothing. What's he I doing? Mean, I don't know, Nick. I don't know Lee if I've got anything for you. Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio news. Watch out, she's thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know if I've got. There's nothing fun. There's okay. nothing fun. It's all about Batman. Hey, you know what? Sometimes there's no George Clooney news, <laughs> and that's a lesson we can all <laughs> take with us into the next episode. There doesn't need to be just because we <laughs> just because we sung the jingle doesn't mean we need to do it. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Oh, I didn't. I had no idea. We can do whatever we want. Okay, impression of the week. Give All me, right. give me your Mulaney. Okay, we're giving you Mulaney in a scenario. Okay, Mulaney has just discovered that a flat white in Australia is not the same as a flat white in America. Okay. So I ordered a flat white. This is so bad. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, give me someone else. I don't want to do Mulaney. Okay, Beyonce. <laughs> You're going to give me an African-American woman, are you? <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't remember can if we talked about that. Can you cut out the impression of the week thing? I hated that. I hated <laughs> that whole thing. Okay, well, bring me, bring me a new segment. What do we, we, we got to deal with here? you got no myths. Okay, Nick, how about we just end on a little, a tiny little weird news? Just a, just a sousson. Of weird news. Sure. In the news today from the Strange and Weird Fact File. 
Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. Deputies that's what I say anyway. the suspect told them he's been performing sex acts on animals since the 1970s. I told about my close encounter with the Yeti. Totally a sticky situation at an airport in Tennessee after baggage was Turns out, the government has been taken seriously all along. This is Deep Thought Weird News with Michael Zubarev Sludge. All right. Man who got friend-zoned by woman sues for $3 million over trauma. Wow. Okay. We've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> you know, it hasn't happened to me. You've never been friend-zoned? No. Neither have I, actually. That's, yeah, you sounded more surprised. Yeah. It annoys no. me that, to be honest, the idea of friend zoning. Anyway, read the story. Okay. Um, so a man is suing a woman who told him she only wanted to be friends for damaging his stellar reputation. Don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. But don't. But also, don't sue if you land in the friend zone. A man in Singapore filed two lawsuits against a woman who refused to date him, claiming she she caused him emotional trauma after telling him she just wanted to be friends. The man, identified as K. Kawashkan, threatened to sue Nora Tan when she rejected him, but initially put the lawsuit on hold after she agreed to attend counselling sessions with him, what? which she did for a year and a half. What? what? So she did it. When Tan, when Tan, who's the girl, met Kushigan, a director at drone company D1 Racing, oh, the plot thickens, Okay. in 2016, continued to reject his romantic advances and eventually cut contact with him, he filed the lawsuits. One suit was filed in a high court with a claim of $3 million for what? allegedly causing to damage his stellar reputation and trauma, depression and impacts to his life. Damage his stellar reputation as what? Like a fucking playboy? As a drone, as a drone, drone operator. He filed a second suit with the magistrate's court asking for $16,500 in damages for breaching an agreement to improve their relationship after she stopped attending counselling sessions. What? This is fucked. It's pretty uh, pretty toxic, I think, Nick. It is so toxic. So sue someone who's actively said they don't want to be in a relationship and then... The threat of the lawsuit and presumably financial burden is enough to then pressure them into going to therapy for a year. I know. And then she gives up on that after a year and then gets threatened with another lawsuit for damages. Why? And also, what the fuck is this uh, therapist doing? What kind of therapist would be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, great. Come come, bring the person who actively doesn't want to be with you and we can do couples counselling with you, the creepy guy who wants to stalk her. I mean, you could say creepy. You could say, you know, he's just romantic. I mean, that is the weird sort of undertone of a lot of like 80s, 90s era rom-coms is that the the way to win over the girl is to just fucking stalk her over and over again when she says, I don't want to be with you or breaks off with you. All you have to do is just mm. be persistent and then they'll finally give in and be happy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's never really, never really works, I don't think. In the real world? Yeah. Oh, it's just so off-putting. Oh, my God. No, take a hint. Yeah. It wasn't really funny, was it? It was, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was also sad news. Um, but we don't always have to end on a high. And sometimes 
There's no George Clooney news. And sometimes we just have to learn to live, live with what we get. I think that should be our new kind of tagline. Is just, sometimes, sometimes there's no George Clooney news. <laughs> it won't always be funny. The deep four yeah. promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can take it to the bank.